You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. Um, well, that sucked. That sucked a lot. I did just get done recording tomorrow's podcast, so I got a little bit off my chest. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing some fresh perspectives that you guys have. A lot of these calls, unfortunately, are prior to the game, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it, and so I would have to apologize to a few callers, but um, why don't we start with the new callers, and um, we'll just kind of go from there. We have a ton of calls, and I just, I don't know, I'm not in the mood to listen to goofy calls, (laughs) I guess. I feel like things are much more jovial uh, Saturday. We do have some pregame calls, but whatever. We'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe maybe some levity is a uh, a good thing at this point. I don't know. Uh, First caller, here we go. Hey, Ryan, it's uh, Zach from... Hey, sorry I cut you off. Zach from something. Uh, just so we're clear, this is Sunday at 9 in the morning. The other side of Madison. Hey. I'm driving back from up north this morning. It's Sunday morning before the game. How am I feeling? Um, I'm just looking forward to getting home and watching it. I don't really have any expectations. I'm trying to keep things pretty neutral. And level-headed. Smart. How are you, by the way? We're doing well. Good. Yeah, I'm great. Well. Thank you. Not really, uh, but fine. Bros are pretty light right now, which is pretty nice. Hello? So my question hey, is... Hey, there we go. Jeez. Zach, come on, man. We got we to gotta pick up the pace here. We have to pick five Packers to form a zombie apocalypse team. Oh, jeez. Now, keep in mind... All right, we're going to rip through this really quickly. Because again, I'm I'm sorry, Zach. This is my fault. Um, because it's not your fault. The Packers just, you know what, it all over the bed, and and we're gonna have a lot of negative stuff. Um, but very very quickly, zombie apocalypse. Maybe maybe what I'll do is I'll pick the five that I want to be with me because we're all gonna die anyway. So the five that I just want to suffer in a zombie apocalypse. Um, number one is Matt Lafleur, <laughs> which you'll hear more about what I had to say on that tomorrow. Um, Rogers, Dylan, Elton Jenkins, who would be the fifth one that annoyed me the most? I don't think it's anybody on defense. Um, oh, uh, Royce, we'll do Royce. So Matt LaFleur, Royce, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what else? Uh, the, the other guy. So there you go. There's the five. I'm sorry, Zach. I cut you off. Kind of a D bag move, but, um, I see you got another call, so we'll 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 get there when we get there. But again, we got a lot of calls, and um, it just feels weird doing zombie apocalypse calls after the after the loss and all that. 
All right, we got uh, another first-time caller. This one is much later. This one is 451, so this is post-game. Uh, actually, we have two first-time callers, so uh, this one and then one more. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Nick from San Francisco. Hey, man. The guy who bought you the uh, Packers stock certificate. Aaron Rodgers looks old. AJ Dillon looks like he's running in quicksand. I think he's got one too many fish fries up there in Door County. And the offensive line, hot trash. Hot, hot trash. That's all I got to say. Uh, Nick, first of all, thank you very, very much. Um, for the gift, which is above and beyond. I haven't heard from you in a while, so it's good to hear from you. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I th- There's so much bad. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks old. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, he, he just looks like... Aaron Rodgers looks exactly like Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's I, I almost am not necessarily on the same page with people saying he looks really bad. He looks exactly like Aaron Rodgers. The caveat is he looks exactly like Aaron Rodgers when he's under pressure uh, and the run game, you know, isn't necessarily great or whatever. Like when things are going poorly, right? We're we're losing, we're behind, there's a lot of pressure. And let's just say the receivers aren't necessarily open, although I don't think that's... It's it's the same Rodgers we always see in these situations. You can't pick a game in which we're behind, we're struggling to get into a rhythm, all this stuff, and Rodgers looks... Good. He does. This is how he always looks. And so since the offensive line sucks and the run game in this game particularly sucked and their corners are better than our wide receivers, yeah, you start seeing this version of Rodgers all over again. And we're never going to see a better version of Rodgers until that gets better, and I don't know that it will. Um, Dylan looks like he's running in quicksand. Yeah, I don't know. Dylan is, he had a, he had a bad day. I, I just think that what we're doing is not conducive to what he does. You know, I mean, if this was a situation where he could just be a a one-cut runner, which would mean that there's actually a hole for him to run through, and he can just hit it with power and with speed and and get up, you know, and do some... The few times we've seen it, it's a beautiful sight, but it very rarely happens. Uh, And the offensive line is hot garbage, yeah, it's it's just terrible. It's just, it is the worst. Elton Jenkins, horrible. Royce is horrible. Um... Josh Myers was not good. John Runyon, again, at least with run blocking, I know was not good. I saw David Bakhtiari gave up a sack on a play. I just, I don't know. There, there were really wasn't much. It'd be a lot faster to just go over the things that went poorly than the things that went well. Uh, final new caller. Hey, Ryan. It's John from North Carolina. Hey, John. Currently watching the Packers game. I didn't get to watch it live, so okay. I'm watching the replay. Like, what, what team am I watching? Like, I, this is... This is ugly. I don't you got know. Dylan fumbling footballs. Rogers just took a huge sack because there's offensive linemen laying on their backs. Like, what team is this? All right. Let me know. Bye. What team do you know is worse than the Packers right now in the NFL? For sure. Because I watched the Bears this past Thursday, and they looked bad. But why did they look bad? Well, their offensive line was giving up constant pressure and, and Justin Fields was making bad decisions and somewhat off-target throws and whatnot. Wow, that sounds a lot like our team, except for the part where they run the ball better than we do. Am I wrong? They're better at running than we are. They suck at pass blocking and so do we, and they have a quarterback that does not do well under pressure, neither do we. Rodgers has never been good under pressure, which is the point I was just making. When things go like this happen, it's ugly, you know? 
give him some time, usually he can do this game, not so much, but it's because he was just in, you know, every time he had time, it's like, okay, cool. Now you can do something. Then you see him launch the ball. And it's like, that's what you chose to do with your time. You finally get time and you do that garbage. Okay, great. Thank you, Rogers. Thank you so much for your contribution. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, 2018 is the only thing that comes to mind. The last time I remember ever seeing anything like this was 2018, and I think this is worse. 2018, at least you could look at it and say, there's no talent there, you know? I mean, you know, there there, there was Devontae. I don't know if it was necessarily peak Devontae at the time, but there was still Devontae. Maybe there was a better offensive line. I mean, you had a better version of David Bakhtiari. Um, Brian Balaga was there. We still had Justin McRae at right guard, which wasn't great. But at this point, I would take Justin McRae, even in his current form. I don't even know if he's playing football anymore. But we had Jimmy Graham. Um, I mean, Jamal Williams was listed at this point on, in October 2018 as our, our third running back. So it was Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery were our number one and two running back. It was Devontae, Randall Cobb, and Equinemius. Or no, excuse me, Devontae, Randall Cobb, and Geronimo Allison. But then defense, I think, is the biggest thing. I mean, this was Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. Remember how bad they were at pass rushing? Oren Burks and Blake Martinez, Kevin King and Tremont Williams with Kentrell Bryce and Haha Clinton Dix. I mean, it was just disjointed and ugly back then, but I just think we have a better roster now. Maybe, maybe we don't. I don't know. Maybe that was, I mean, it was still Kenny and Mike Daniels, even though the outside linebackers were just horrific. And uh, Jair was on the team, but he's not listed as a starter at this point. I don't exactly know why. Maybe he didn't really come into his, I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, we had gotten Muhammad Wilkerson. He was on IR at the time. Kumaro was on IR. Trevor Davis was on IR. So we had, uh, it says Jair was our punt returner and Ty Montgomery was our kick returner. This must have been a very brief stint, whatever snapshot this is back in October of 2018. But uh, yeah, I, you know, the record says three and three, but I'm I'm looking through and 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 I I'm trying to see the worst teams in football and see, you know I haven't seen Houston up close necessarily. I, I had mentioned when we watched the the Bears game this past week that Washington reminded me of the Packers without all the talent, and I think that's still relatively true. Carson Wentz was a worse version of Aaron Rodgers, if you can even believe that, but I don't know that it's that far off. At the very least, we're down there. You know, and I, I can't point at any one team and say, I know for a fact we'd beat them. I believe we would beat Houston. I believe we would. Detroit, I have no idea. Because they at least have the ability to score points. Now, maybe our defense would be able to hold them. I don't know. If we didn't score points on them, our defense would collapse because that's what we do. We get discouraged and like, screw this. I'm not playing defense anymore. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's pretty brutal. Um, Let's go back up to the top here. We're still at, uh, this is 9.24 a.m., so we're well before the game has started. Hey, Ryan. Emilio, quick update outside the stadium. The mood is excited. Everyone's having a blast. Heard a couple Jets, you know, chants, but that's all right. You know, they they got the loud mouth, but uh, we're ready to roll here. Go Pack Go. Makes me sad, man. People showed up. They're ready to go. You know, it's it's fall weather. It's, you know, they, they had the the throwbacks on and everything was ready to everything was just perfect it's at home Packers don't lose at home it was after a loss Packers don't lose after a loss it's wearing the throwbacks Packers don't lose wearing the throwbacks probably because that's at home but going up against the Jets and you know they got some talent but they're not that you know everything was there everything's ready the 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 stadium's ready to cheer you on and get excited for you and that's the product that got put out there so all right Zach what's up man 
uh, Zach from the other side of Madison again. I listened to After Dark and then called in, and now I'm listening to the regular podcast. And I have a small correction. Could be wrong, but I don't think it was The Rock that said the thing about Jair's best use off the ball. Um, I think that was Tom Silverman. Was it? That would make more sense, because I, I wouldn't imagine that he would have said that. Um, I guess their voices, in a way, it, if quiet, kind of sounds similar. But either way, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he, he asked a very poignant question, and um, I'm glad that he did. Uh, we got a bunch of Emilio. We'll do one more Emilio, and then we'll kind of bounce it around a little bit, because he called, like, basically four times in a row here. Hey, Ryan, it's Emilio, sideline here. Uh, looks like Aaron Andrews talking to Sammy Watkins on his uh, pregame sprint, staying loose. Talking to Versace now. You know, we'll see uh, see how the game goes. Trying to keep you up to date, man. Appreciate it. Go Pack. Getting a little uh, play-by-play here. All right, we'll, we'll roll with Emilio because they're short Hey, Ryan, calls. it's Emilio. Looks like they got uh, Patrick Taylor and Nixon returning. I guess we'll see what happens uh, game time, the pregame. That's what it looks like we're catching them out here. I'll give you an update. Appreciate it, man. All right. Well, I appreciate the calls. That would have been better for me to listen to live. We don't probably need the updates now because we already saw the game. But all right, we've got, I think, two more calls prior to the game. we got Dennis in Dakota. So let's see what we got here. Hey, Ryan, it's Dennis. I think you named that positive. <laughs> you referenced live, so just logically. You know, he has access to the truth. Cut out at the wrong part, so I don't know what we're talking about. And then from your perspective, say you're in an argument, you could say, yeah, well, the truth calls, and he said the Packers are going to win. So there's that. And uh, even if it doesn't go your way, and, and they get on you, and people are saying, well, what happened to the truth, Ryan? You can say, I just told you about a voicemail. You guys are killing me with the phone calls today. I'm not really hearing what you're saying. Uh, all right, Dakota, what's up? Hey, this is Dakota from Tennessee giving a call, and I haven't called in a minute. Yeah, it is uh, currently 35 minutes to the game, um, and I have recently seen some tweet. I don't remember if it's from Jair Alexander or not, but some tweet stating that Jair Alexander says that our defensive scheme or plan for this game is flawless. And it kind of scares me because, well, is it? I mean, why hasn't it been in the past, first of all? And I just keep remembering one of the Slaytons, I believe it was, that says, well, we didn't practice for this, so, you know, we didn't know what to do. Okay. Well, I mean, if if the defensive plan has failed in the past, plan for it again and react. Will they be able to react correctly? I don't know. But apparently we are about to witness a flawless defensive plan from Joe Barry himself, as stated by Jair Alexander. And uh, nervous, but I still can't wait. And I'll probably call after the game is done just to show, you know, either how disappointed or excited I am about the truthfulness of that particular statement. But y'all have a good one. And I'll call you later. Bye. Yeah, so again, I think Jair is kind of a goofball. When he says things, he says things that are kind of like weird. I, I think he knows it's not flawless. He's just kind of being weird. But um, 
he he clearly was. It, I, I like I said when I played that I think yesterday, I almost didn't because if he, the whole thing was him just being kind of goofy, it wouldn't be worth it. But he clearly was excited and and mentioned some specifics about changes and everything else. And and listen, I I like I mentioned tomorrow, am willing to give the defense a pass. Um, I thought they played basically flawless football. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, yeah, the, the first half, and then look what happened in the second half, which I don't even know when it started, but I know it wasn't immediately in the second half. But at the same time, you get to a point where you get discouraged, and maybe you shouldn't, and maybe you need to just man up and keep playing good defense or whatever. I don't know, but I don't know if I can... How many, how many times, and this is every single week I've said the same thing coming on the podcast, how many times... Does the defense have to hear, just get us the ball back one more time? I know you just shut them down five times in a row, but go do it one more time, and then we're going to, this time we're going to get them. This time we're going to score. And at some point, it's like, what are we doing this for? You know, and so, yeah, you, you get a little sloppy, and the tackling isn't as violent and as aggressive, and the assignments are, you know, I mean, if you're not playing at 100%, you, your 100% goes down to 90%, that makes a massive difference in a football game. Because it literally is a game of inches many times and on most plays, if not every play. And if you start missing on those inches instead of hitting on those itch- inches, you start to look like a bad defense. So, yeah, I'm I'm giving them a pass because it was such a disaster. And I just, honestly, I just feel bad for the defense because they're so talented and they played so hard and they had so much belief and they kept trying and they kept trying and they kept giving the offensive ball back over and over and over. They gave them great field position over and over and over and they just had to watch as the offense ruined what they got for them. They go out and give them the ball back with great field position, they ruin it. They got to go right back on the field. They give them the ball back again, they ruin it. They got to go right back on the field. Yeah, you know what? They got a little discouraged and they started missing tackles. Well, oh well. That ain't the reason we lost the game, I promise you. So, all right, now we're getting into game time. This is at 1.10 p.m., so we're an hour into the game. Hey, I got a random thought uh, slash question. How difficult or how much do you think it would cost to trade every single offensive lineman that we have and just bring in a a brand new one next year? Because I can't watch this anymore. This is so, so bad. It's horrific, isn't it? It's. It's laughable. It's la- and I've been saying this all year. Granted, this is this is the worst that they've been, but this is what's been happening all year. I mean, I, I hate to give Rodgers too many excuses because so many things he does are annoying, and some of these passes are starting to get off target and everything else. But um, I mean, it's just it's, it's hard to get too mad at him because he has nothing to work with, and our running backs have nothing to work with, and the the receivers have no time to run their routes. And now, on top of not being able to block, period. They can't pick up simple stunts and twists, basic stuff. They don't know. Oh, I don't know. He was standing here one minute ago, and he's going now. I guess he left. He doesn't want to play, so I can just stand here. Laughable how bad this offensive line has been. Um, we keep getting angry at Dylan, and I mean Dylan's not playing great either. But when he's got nowhere to go, what, what is right. he supposed to do? You right. Know? He's not a cut back. He he needs a hole to run through, and they're right. giving him nothing. That Rodgers has no time to throw, not no time for the wide receivers to get open. It's the offensive exactly. line's fault. That's the that's just the ultimate problem is the offensive line. I think we all know it. So, um, kind of a joke question, kind of a serious question. You know, maybe we keep a couple of them, but there's there's just there's just nothing there. There's well, that, just nothing there. That brings no me tackle. to my larger point tomorrow, and I don't want to give the whole thing away, but the bottom line is. 
you know, the, the, the most discouraging thing is what is the plan moving forward? We can't re tear down and rebuild. That doesn't make any sense because all you're trying to do is rebuild what we already have, which is a team loaded with talent. You're going to tell me that suddenly David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are just suck at football. That's not the case. We have a bunch of guys not playing up to their abilities. So it doesn't matter. It's not a matter of get, you're not going to find somebody better than David Bakhtiari. And I don't know that you find somebody more talented and, and able than Elton Jenkins. The question is, why are they playing so poorly? Why are they unprepared? Why are they making mental errors? Why is their head not in the game? Why is their heart not in the game? Why don't they care? That's the question. And until they figure that out and fix it, there's nothing you can do. There's no player you go get because they're going to come in here and start playing the same way. Why would we expect if David Bakhtiari can't play good football, why would Odell Beckham or Robbie Anderson come in and be a good football player and be able to bail this disaster out? They wouldn't. And same is true of, of, of getting a new offensive lineman or an entirely new offensive line. They're going to be less talented. It's the same thing with the Jordan Love discussion. Like, we got to get rid of Rodgers. That's fine. You're just getting a less talented quarterback. So how does that help us? And I, I'm, I'm willing to listen. The problem isn't talent. It's not. It's not a lack of ability. It's not that, you know, Royce doesn't know. Well, maybe Royce has a lack of ability. It's not that Josh Myers doesn't know how to block. But if you're standing there as a guy runs a stunt, you don't know who to pick up. At, 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 you know, that's a preparation issue. It's a, it's a, a, a mental issue. I don't know. That's the problem, though. I don't know how you fix this. I think I know what the problem is, as much as it breaks my heart to say it, and you'll see it tomorrow. I'm sure I'm going to end up, it's going to come out at some point. I'm trying not to give you give away the entire podcast tomorrow, but breaks my heart to come to that conclusion. But it, it could not be any more obvious what the issue is. We have talent on top of talent on top of talent two-time MVP behind Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. I mean, we, we had no Bakhtiari, Jenkins, or Myers last year. They were all hurt. We got them all back. They're all back. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, again, Jones is running better than I've ever seen him run. Why are we underperforming to such an unbelievably ridiculous degree? Anyways, I'll try to be less uh, breathy so we can get through more calls here. Nate, what else you got, man? Oh, by the way, uh, one more thing from me uh, in reference to the other the other day when I called in and had that Halloween uh, reference or question. It was the opening line to the Monster Mash. There so we go. I was kind of hoping that you were going to say that you would mash or something along those lines. Um, not saying you failed, but, you know. Go back Opening up. line of Monster Mash? I gotta look that up. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from the slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the Monster Mash. I guess I never really paid attention. I haven't really listened to the song all that much. It's just like one of those things you just know, and what you know is like the, the chorus or whatever. It was a graveyard smash. That whole thing. By the way, I'm sorry if you can hear a two-year-old screaming. She has been struggling lately I, I think she's sick slash has teeth coming in and is having sleeping issues she is at that phase if you have kids you probably remember it maybe possibly maybe i'm just cursed as a parent where they are inconsolable and just scream and this is the second time already she's done this today she did it for me earlier during the packer game that was great i'm already stressed trying to get through the packer game but yeah, just screaming. I offered her donuts. She said no. That's that's what it's like at this when they get like this. I was like, would you like a donut? 
Uh, you can eat as many donuts, cookies. I offer everything. I don't care. She said no. It's a great time to offer your kids stuff. Like if they beg and you keep saying no, if they ever get, then you get to offer it. And then it's like, well, I tried. You said no. I already, you can't say I never offered you anything. I totally offered you. Although she's two, so she doesn't understand anything that I'm saying. Just got to ride it out, man. It's just a storm. You just sit there and listen to the screaming. Occasionally you kind of give them a look like, all right, that's enough. And then they kind of calm down. And then two seconds later, they're screaming. It's fun. It's great. So anyways, I apologize if you hear that in the background. All right, everyone. I think something that we're just going to have to accept is that this is not a Super Bowl team. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's so far from that. It's crazy. I think we just got to move on from Rodgers and we got to start our rebuild because it's just not going to happen. Uh, this offensive line is not a Super Bowl offensive line. At the moment, these receivers are not Come on. Super Bowl wide receivers. Rodgers isn't playing like a Super Bowl. That wasn't at you. I was the chairs. Now, now there's chairs making noise. So, I'm sorry. Continue. Quarterback. The only thing that occasionally flashes Super Bowl caliber is the defense, and they just kind of pick and choose when they want to do that because the special teams, you know, they're, they're going to lose us a playoff game if they play. Well, and and it, well, not again. You didn't hear me say this, but I wanted so badly at one point in this game to just pray, heap praise on special teams and and uh, the defense because the defense again was elite for the first portion of the game, and even special teams. Aside from those two instances, or I guess there's three instances that really tick me off. Um, aside from that, I mean, they're really, really good. That was the best kick return I've seen in like three years. I think it was, what was that, Nixon? I don't even know who that was. He came flying out of there. It was almost, you know, and I keep making excuses for guys like Amari and everybody else. Like, oh, there's nowhere to go. And then you see him take off like a rocket and like weaving like that. I'm like, dude. I didn't even know like people did like I never really thought about that. You could just like be really good and agile and fast and stuff. That's crazy. Didn't know that was a thing. I thought you're supposed to just like kind of jog out of the end zone and just run into somebody that smokes you. But I mean the punting has just been so good and the kicking has been great and everything's just wonderful. But then you just got one jag off who doesn't know his assignment and it gets a blocked field goal and then another blocked punt for uh so so you got two guys, right? Two individuals. You've got so many people that played special teams, and everybody's doing such a great job. Ford and and uh, Dallin Levitt and O'Donnell and Crosby and Coco, um, Nixon. So many guys that are just doing such a phenomenal job, and I just want to be like, this is a great, great unit. But one jerk-off doesn't know what he's doing, allows a guy to come free, block it, and now all Packer fans are sitting here going, oh, uh, special teams, we suck. And it, it just, it's annoying because I can't even disagree. Because if, you're do, if you allow two block kicks, one of them for seven points, what am I supposed to say other than, yeah, they do suck? But it, it's so painful because 99% of it was really, really good. Just makes me insane. They like this. This it's not a Super Bowl team. And I'm sorry if you want to be positive and you wanna believe that we still have that chance that we're still gonna, you know, R E L A X and we're gonna go there, but watch the team. Watch the team, man. I don't know what to tell there, there, Yeah, there, there's nothing redeemable about this. You know? I mean I I I'm not gonna attack positive fan. I'm seeing a couple, you know, I mean Ramage is the captain of the positive and that's his thing. 
and I love him for it. He's a great dude. He's just got a, a great heart, and he would never say anything negative about anybody. He's a better human being than me. I get it. That's fine. But it's it's just the whole mentality of it is like I, I get that we're three and three, but you're you, you have to ignore what you're seeing, and and basically say I don't know anything's possible. They could turn it around, right? Literally anybody could. At this point, you might as well look at the Bears and go. You you, you never know, because you don't. I mean what. What would have to happen here compared to what would have to happen there? The offensive line would have to block a little better, and Justin Fields would have to make some better decisions and better reads and, and stuff, and then suddenly, poof, they're a good team, right? The defense isn't bad. It's not terrible. It's, it's just that easy. And what do we need? Well, Rodgers needs to make better decisions. The offensive line has to block. Dylan, you know, they need to learn how to hand off. We've had two turnovers on handoffs. You know, catch the ball, stop dropping it, stop turning the ball over, special teams. Seems like we have more things to overcome. We have more talent, but somehow have more to overcome than a lot of these other teams with no talent. I I don't know. You guys, uh, it's not it's not sunshine and rainbows anymore. You got to time to grow up and realize that we got to, this is not, it's not a good team. The team's just not. We have so much talent. Yep. We have so much talent. It's the most talented, worst team in the NFL. That I, that, that and that's so the thing. And again, I'm 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 going to end up giving it away. The only team you can think of that I can think of. I just shouldn't say you can think of. The only team that I can think of. And there's several teams that you could say are underachieving because there's a lot of bad football out there, right? We heard that line. But the guy we heard that line from is one of the teams that comes to mind when you think about a team that seems to have plenty of talent. I mean, against us, yeah, they had all the injuries and all that stuff, but, you know, Mike Evans is back and Tom Brady's still there, and there's still a lot of talent as far as the talent that they've always had is still there. But Tampa seems to be struggling. And when I say seems to be struggling, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing this live. I'm, I, I see that they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That team is worse than the Jets. So what's going on in Tampa? That's another team that's underachieving. What is the big difference? Why are some teams struggling to... Get the most out of the guys that they have. I suppose one thing they have in common is is a hot shot, over the hill quarterback that are underperforming. That's one thing. Here's another thought. You know what top ta- uh, Tampa Bay is missing? Their head coach Bruce Arians, and Todd Bowles took over, who is a failed head coach, and he's struggling to get the most out of the talent that he has. Todd Bowles is a great defensive mind. He's not a leader of men. You know who's a great offensive mind is Matt LaFleur. You know what he's never proved? To be a guy that can lead his men, to inspire them, to get them to play better than their abilities instead of worse than their abilities. I hate that this is my position, but this is it. There is no doubt about what I'm saying right now. There is so much talent, and it doesn't mean anything, and that's the most painful part because there's no fixing it. There's no fixing this. Almost every other team you look at it and and you see issues and you say well yeah because they're lacking talent here 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 and that's why i hate the discussions about let's go get a third edge rusher or a new wide receiver that's not the issue talent isn't the issue we're not one wide receiver away or one edge rusher away we're not a whole new offensive line away we're 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 not anything away you can't put more talent on a team I don't know if there's ever been a more talented team that sucked this much, ever. There is no fixing it until somebody, either from the outside, as in the coaches, or on the inside of the locker room, steps up and leads and just takes over and leads them so that they believe. The Jets are not a good team, but you know what? Robert Sala 
is inspiring them and they believe and they're fighting hard. This is not a schematic issue. Schematically, I don't have any issue with Matt LaFleur and at this point, Joe Barry, because they made some changes and I like the changes. They look great. Although, if I'm not mistaken, it looks like they started playing soft garbage again late in the game because they started getting those quick passes and seeing Jair come up and hit guy. I don't know. I don't, we don't need to get into that because it's irrelevant at this point. It's not a talent issue. It's not. It's, it's uh, nobody cares. That's the issue from my perspective. Hey, Ryan. Chuck from Everett, Washington. Hey, Chuck. Maybe we ought to approach this thing uh, from the, from the uh, status. What have we got on the spaceship that's good? Middle of the fourth quarter. Come on, All right. Yeah, what, what do we have that's good? Um, I do think there's some things that are good. Again, I can't say special teams as a whole because if you look at production, obviously that was a negative. But I do think... The vast majority of people that are on the special teams are doing a great, great job, you know? Um, so there's that. Wide receivers, no. I, I, I Again, you got to go back and watch it. For all I know, maybe you guys are running wide open. I don't know, but I doubt it. I didn't see that. Dobbs, Lazard, Watson didn't play. Ture's not out there. Winfrey was just the worst. Oh, my goodness. Dropping. A wide-open pass. The, the amount of times we could have had third and ones and ended up having third and longs, either because of penalties or drops or stupid decisions, is staggering to me. And that was one of them. That, that was a situation where we probably could have got it down to like third and two. He drops it, so it ends up being third and long. I don't remember the exact situation, but there was that. Then they showed another play of him trying to run, I don't know what it's called, out and up. It's the same route that we saw last week. I think it was... Dobbs and Tunyon, maybe it was Lazard and Tunyon, I don't know, but they ran, they both ran that out and they both just completely faked out the corners. They bit on the out route, they tried to jump it, and that's when you get them on the backside. This was the most sluggish route I've ever seen in my life. And maybe it was partly because it was in slow-mo, but that was gross, that that him attempting to run that route. Um, Bakhtiari, I, I saw him give up a sack. Maybe he was fine on some other stuff, I doubt it. John Runyon, again, as a run blocker. The, the amount of times I see somebody blow up our running backs in the backfield and see John Runyon turn the other way, which is a clear sign of who's, if you want to know who's responsible for giving up a sack or hit or hurry or, or hit somebody get hit in the backfield, look at the offensive lineman who's facing the wrong way with his hands just kind of up at his sides like, oh, whoops. Josh Myers, I, I don't think, has really proved to be, I mean, you know, we do that thing as fans where the, if, if you come in and you're mediocre and we don't see that you suck, we say you're great. At best, I think Josh Myers is is pretty mediocre, but I, you know, Royce is just terrible. And apparently, you know, one of the talking points is that we replaced Royce with uh, Jake Hansen, and everybody's upset about that. I, I I don't really care. I think everybody that we have is kind of bad. I, I would love to see Yash at right tackle and Elton at, at right guard, just because I who cares at this point? It's so bad. Anyways, getting back to your question, Tunyon seemed okay. I I. I I'll never understand the, the massive love for Tunyon. I doubt there's too many Tunyon lovers in Green Bay anymore, but he had a lot of catches. He was one of the few guys that was coming free, but his run after the catch is so... You just watch him do it and go, this guy will never be like a Travis Kelsey. That's so obvious. It's like he he runs as if he's apologizing, you know? like it's it's Or like he's just about to get hit all the time. He's, there's no energy to it. It's just kind of like, I can't believe I have this. I just want to get out of bounds. I don't know. 
Deguara, again, he caught one pass. He's one of the one of the best after the catch things, but again, Deguara doesn't get on the field ever. So he caught his one pass and got a bunch of yards after the catch that, you know, did not expect him to get. Nice moves and whatnot. He he's one of the few guys that looks smooth as far as the every, every piece of it. The catch, the turning up the field, the making guys miss. But again, screw that guy, right? Uh Jones and Dylan struggled, especially Dylan. Uh boy, I don't know. The defense, I mean, so so Jair looked pretty good. He I think he gave up a couple. Rashawn looked pretty good, I guess. I mean, his one sack, he was on the ground, so that's not great. It looks like he slipped, which a lot of guys were slipping out there. But I guess we'll give him credit for that. The linebackers, I thought, were putrid. Um, Kenny seemed fine. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. I wasn't quite zoomed in on everybody, but I'm sure. I'm sure there's guys that had like a great day that that I'm I'm kind of missing. But if I had to pick anybody that had a great day, I'd probably Jair, which sucks because I said prior to this game that that would be like the best indicator. And listen, I again, I think the defense was great. It just it just stopped caring as the game went on, and and I. As unacceptable as that is, I gave up caring too, and I'm guessing you did too, so I can't really sit here and, and be too upset about it. The game's over. The offense doesn't care. They refuse to move the ball. They can't even get a first down. You're out there for the 17th time trying to get a stop just one more time. Yeah, BS. Hey, Ryan. It's Joe. It's hey, Joe. Here. What's up? Well, I just got to say I'm on break at work, um, working at the local uh, movie theater. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, How's that going? Just quick, but... They just saw the score, 24 to 10. Pretty miserable. Yeah. Uh, we went for it on fourth, and uh, now the Jets are going to get the ball back. I'm pretty upset right now, and this is uh, in the, in the, real quick. In the bathroom, there's a, a special spot for diapers, and uh, okay. since I'm working the matinee, typically it's uh, adult diapers. Ah. That was uh, changing that pail, and... Um, I literally got diaper juice. Oh. Um, so this whole situation is no pun intended. Anyway, oh. I'm sure I'll call back. It's your biggest fan is staying alone. I'm so sorry. That's, I'm in pain just, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's, oh. maybe somebody should call in and talk about food. Can we talk about tacos and pizza again? Or dessert? Anything else? This is the worst day. <laughs> but at least we don't have adult diaper juice on us, I guess. That's, that's Joe took one for the team for us on that. Anyways, we're about 40 minutes in. We got to take a break here. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore dad. If you'd like to support the podcast, uh, I doubt you do. I would appreciate it nonetheless. Um, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, if you'd like to give there, uh, fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, old Pack Daddy, this is caller number five. Hey, man. Um, much easier to take this game when your expectations are reset. And now they're, now they're reset for the whole season for me. Yeah, I, that, that's, I, it's funny because I keep lowering my standards so that it doesn't hurt so bad. And they keep finding ways to get below it, but yeah, I think I think for most of us now, we we can just rock bottom out these things. Um, although it's going to be really hard to go into the Washington game expecting to lose. Um, that may have to be I don't know. You figure out what you want to do, but yeah, it's it's rock bottom expectations from here on out. Uh, this is just not a team that is going to do anything. Um, you know. In the off season, we were all very hyped, and, and uh, we talked about how good the roster is, and I still think that's the case with all the players. It's just um, they're not executing anything. I, I don't know what this coaching staff is doing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Um, we're not a playoff team. I didn't expect regression from Rodgers, the O-line, Dylan, Campbell, Sewell, Stokes. Like, I didn't expect – I couldn't bake in that much regression – when I was thinking about this team in the off season right. uh, and uh, yeah, we're losing to the Jets at home after losing to the Giants. So I really, what can, can you answer? Here's a quick question for you. What do we do? Well, um, because I don't see anything that we do. Well, uh, I don't see how this gets better. I think it's time to blow it up. And- as soon as you said that, I was like, Oh, I can think of, I, I can't, I can't. And uh, yeah, this is not a team that is worth of anything. Really. This is a, I hope we get a top 10 pick so we can get something good. Uh, but, yeah, we should blow it up, trade Rodgers, do whatever we can to offload some of these guys um, because this ain't working and it's not going to get fixed. All right. Anyway, have a good one. What do we do well? Well, do we pass the ball well? Absolutely not. Putrid. Do we run the ball well? Mm, we have. We certainly didn't. Um, so we, we don't have that impose your will kind of thing. There are teams out there that, you know, week after week, they're going to impose their will running the ball unless you really are good at stopping the run and you really sell out on it. They weren't even loading the box against us. Like the entire game, I was watching it and I was like, oh, good, it's it's a light box, we can run. They weren't even doing it and, and we struggled. Um, do we stop the run well? No, we don't. We have and we can, first half, whatever, but as a team through four quarters, do we stop the run well? No. Do we stop the pass well? Again, well, we can look at the first half of this game and say, well, I think we're a pretty good coverage team. 
But we started giving it up, didn't we? We started giving up those slants. We started giving up everything. We're not a good coverage team. We don't stop the run well. Are we a good punting team? Um, punt coverage? Maybe. Not terrible. Kick coverage, I would have said yes until uh, we had that 15-yard penalty. We were able to kick from the 50, which means we're basically standing on top of the guy we're kicking to. Mason has the ability to pop this thing up in the air. It landed well, you know, right at the goal line, and our guys are, are able to get all the way down the field. He still gets to the 30. So, no, we don't kick cover very well. Are we a good kick return team or punt return team? Certainly not. We can't return for Jack. We can't, we can't do it. What do we do well? Nothing. Run after the catch? No, because we, we don't even get open. So they go down instantly. There's nothing we do well at all. And again, this isn't a talent or ability thing. And, you know, I've been saying this all year. You know, it sounds like I'm overreacting, and I, I'm not. This isn't overreaction. This is a reality. You know, I, 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 I hear myself say these things, and I'm like, man, you sound like, a, you, know, you sound like an overreacting Bears fan. This is, it's not, though. There is nothing we've done through this season, which has been a very, still a very brief period of time, that we can just do consistently, that we know we can rely on. There's nothing. Running the ball is probably the closest thing I can think of, and I think there's a potential that we could be a pretty good coverage team at some point, but who cares at this point? Who cares? But again, my, my biggest issue is as much as I tend to agree that we, we, we move in a different direction, what, what can we do? You blow it up and do what? The, the problem with the whole rebuild thing is you tear it down, you rebuild to exactly what you have. What is the point? We already have it. We have a rebuilt roster. We have everything we need. If, if we have a group of guys that are unbelievably talented with coaches that don't know how to put them in positions to succeed, don't know how to inspire, don't know how, what's the difference? We're going to take three years to rebuild a team that's probably never going to be this, this loaded with talent again. I, I don't know if we've ever seen a team, you know, 96 Packers or something. But this, this is one of the more talented rosters from end to end in my lifetime. You know, last year maybe was a little bit better despite the injuries with, because we had Devontae. But we, I mean, just, just let's just say it, since Matt LaFleur has been here, holy cow, the amount of talent. And, and now, you know, with the defensive pieces and we're healthy, I, I, I don't think we could take for granted how rare it is to have this much talent. I don't expect to really ever see a team with this much talent you know, to legitimately have a, a, an elite corner. The only real benefit I see from it is just, just a shakeup for the sake of a shakeup. But, you know, again, at this point, if, if we're not going to do it with new, every time I say it, I hate saying it, but with, without, without a new coaching staff, I don't see the point. They're uninspired and they're unprepared. So you get a new quarterback and, and what? We have no offensive line and nobody knows what they're doing. Well, we got to fix the offensive line. You know, it's, just, it's down the line. And again, you're replacing them with, with players that are as good? No, you're not. You don't replace David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and find better players. You find worse players and hope that somehow they magically get better. And there's no reason to believe that because we have David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and we can't find out a way to make them play well. And, and you know, the, the, then there's, even if we say, okay, fine, it's a coaching issue, let's fire the coaching staff, bring in a new staff. There's a lot of issues with that too. Number one, the odds of actually finding a really good coach, pretty rare. Number two, how many of these guys return? So now we're dealing with a lesser roster. You have the whole new system problem where you got another year. And then, yeah, we're missing just a ton of guys. I'm not going to go through all the guys, but there's a huge list of guys that aren't going to be here, including a quarterback. So we got to find a quarterback in the midst of this. And, and, and you know, then the, the, the real big issue is how many guys just check out. How many guys on this team right now bought into the idea that, 
you know, I'm, I'm real good and I'm elite and we're real good and we're going to do this and we're going to win a Super Bowl. And, and you get to a point where it's like, we suck and, you, and you're embarrassed and the locker room falls apart and you can't just necessarily come in and just fix it. You know, in 2018, when that happened, we kind of cleaned house. And so it's, it's, you can't really do that this time around because it's not a bunch of old guys. It's a bunch of young guys. You know, the entire offensive line, with the exception of David Bakhtiari, who we just paid not too long ago, is all young guys. And the only guy that's really not really a problem, I think, is David Bakhtiari. The defensive line, I mean, the the entire defense, like Kenny Clark is the oldest guy in the entire defense, and he's 27. We don't have a bunch of old guys to purge. They're all young guys. So they're not going anywhere. I mean, again, you're going to lose Razul. You're going to lose Devondre. You're going to lose some pieces. Jaron Reed and maybe Dean's gone. So it's just enough that you have to replace everybody, but it's not a rebuild because your core guys are all still there because your core guys are mostly young guys. So I, I just, I, the, the bottom line is I don't really see a solution. I didn't see one in 2018 either. I didn't expect such a quick turnaround, and I, I do believe we have a great GM. But this is, this is big. This is a big undertaking. And, um, you know, ideally, Matt LaFleur figures out a way to be that leader and to be that guy that can inspire people. But you, you kind of either are or you aren't, you know? And if they're not bought in back when everybody thought you were good, back when you were winning 13 games a season, how the heck are they going to buy in now? The answer is they're not. You know, somebody messaged me on Twitter like, this isn't prep football, this isn't peewee football, coaches shouldn't have to motivate. That's, that's idealism, that, that's nonsense. Yeah, in, in an ideal world, grown-ups would be able to motivate themselves, but that's not how anything works ever. It's just not. That's why, you know, it, it doesn't matter the field, the environment, uh, parenting and coaching and being a boss. If, if you're in a leadership position and your, your stance on that is your job is to motivate yourself, I'm not doing jack squat for you. I got my own work over here. You just do your own thing. That ain't going to work, man. That, it's not, that's not how that works. Getting discouraged is a real thing. Motivation is a real thing. You know, I always use the analogy of, of listening to music when you work out. Why do you need to listen to music? Why can't you just motivate yourself? I don't know, man. Isn't it kind of silly that, you know, you listen to music and then you start getting real angry? <laughs> and then you can do it, but it works, doesn't it? You do get angry. You do get motivated. You do get more energy and you do push harder and longer, whatever, right? This stuff's real. It's, 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 we're human beings. We're, we're flawed. We don't have this infinite potential to just block out everything, all the negativity, and just be positive and be strong all the time. It's not real. Leadership is a part of the job description. Play calling is what offensive coordinators do. It's a head coaching job. Hey, Ryan. It's Chris from Green Bay. Hey, Chris. Just walking out of the stadium, and I just had to... Well, let me start off with... The crowd was awesome, I thought. Yelling on defense, shushing on offense. Um, all right. <laughs> if you say so. Um there were there were moments it was it was pretty loud. Um uh, but again, you, you you switch over to another game and it's like, oh, oh, that's what loud sounds like. Okay. Um but also, yeah, I mean I, I remember at one point when we went for it on fourth and it got really loud, there was cheering. What the heck are you doing? And again, I'm hearing Jets chants and, you know, when things weren't going well, it got quiet. And then there were moments where it would get loud again, but you know, whatever, I'll, I'll let you off the hook again. I'm letting the defense off the hook for being discouraged. Obviously the people who paid money to be there and watch that atrocity have every right to not, but 
every time somebody goes to the game, they're like, the crowd was awesome. And then I'm watching the game, and I again, the camera's panning in the audience. There's always, out of 100 people you can see on camera, probably, I'll say 98% are sitting down, but I only say that because I'm assuming somebody out there is cheering, but they're all sitting there, sitting down, eating popcorn or whatever. Nobody's standing up. Maybe it's just a goal line thing. People with a bunch of money to sit on the goal line. And then you got like the cheap seats. Those are the guys that are getting hammered and getting loud. Maybe I don't know, but you get the goal line camera. Nobody's standing up. Nobody's making noise. They're stuffing their face full of food. Just sitting there like they're watching it on the big screen. Anyways, sorry. But I'm telling you, man, some of those fans are really butthurt about letting MVS go. And what? I just had to bite my tongue from the woman behind me the whole game about how we should have let him, should not have let him go. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Such a weird, I mean, I okay, I guess. MVS. I mean, I, I understand Devontae. Maybe it's because you can't be mad about Devontae, so the next best thing is MVS, but okay. Oh, there will be light at the end of the tunnel. I think things can get better. They will get better. Appreciate the podcast. Have a good one. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the optimism. I can't really elaborate on that because I'm I'm not with you, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Hey, this is Nico. Here. Hey, man. What's up? So, uh, game's finishing up. Pretty much decided by now. You know, people have been complaining that the Packers don't do halftime adjustments, and I tell you what, they did this time because <laughs> the first half they held them pretty good. Didn't let them score, and they adjusted that. So the second half, they let them score a whole lot and let them move the ball with kind of that will. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a overall pathetic, you know, performance. I don't know. It's really weird. I, I like there's just a every time the Packers play someone, they 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 the other team has their best game. And I can I, I think it's it's coaching. I really do, but. Uh, you, you notice that too, huh? Whenever they look, talk about the Vikings, they're like, you know, the Vikings offense really hasn't got off to a good start. I mean, you know, week one was great, but I'll, after that, really nothing. The Giants are now a powerhouse after the, what they did to us and what they were able to do to Aaron Rodgers. And now the Jets, oh, they're contenders now. This was the real big test and they passed it. Eventually, they're going to have to correct all of this because they're going to realize, actually, that wasn't a big test, so maybe you're not that great. I don't know. And even when, when, you know, like the Bears game, like, well, at least they did. Montgomery had like his greatest game ever. <laughs> we just can't help ourselves. You know, New England, is that like our, our big shining thing is New England? We beat New England and everyone's like, well, Bailey Zappi's a real deal. Why? Well, look what he did in Green Bay. We got to start pretending Green Bay is like some kind of a great test. Although I will say, I'm just looking now, 38-15. Bailey Zappi Patriots. JJ's Bailey Zappi. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that, right? I haven't seen JJ doing victory laps. He's being pretty humble about it, which isn't his style. <laughs> 24 of 34, 309 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 118.4. Oh, man, if only we had a quarterback like Bailey Zappi. I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know what I think anymore. Sorry, go ahead. I th- forgot you weren't done. Uh, God, that was just horrible. Yeah. You know, um, pretty bad. Been a long time, but I guess we all know how Lions and Bears and Vikings fans feel every every year for the past thirty years. So uh, pretty much, it's a bummer. I don't know what to think. Uh, I'd have to go buy a Joe Burrow uh, jersey. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, 
Sorry, I paused the wrong one. I will say that's the only potential positive here is that although the Vikings are probably going to win the division at this point, I know I just upset some people saying that, but let's be honest. I don't know what's going to happen, but if you said who's the best team in the division and you're not saying it's the Vikings, you're you're being biased and ridiculous. But the Vikings aren't very good. The Bears are garbage and the Lions are garbage. So we, we are in the worst division in football. So at least we don't have to deal with, I mean, we do have to deal with people picking on us and everything, which sucks. I'm not used to that because it's like they're saying stuff and all I can do is be like, oh, that's, that's true. So, which I, now I really don't understand Bears fans because Bears fans will fight back. Why are you doing that? You seem like an idiot. Bears fans are taking it, not just just taking it on the chin. Like, yep, that's that's true. We suck. Thanks for the reminder, bud. But at least they suck, and the Lions suck, and the Vikings probably suck. I don't know. What did they do today? They beat Miami with their third string. When is my when is Minnesota going to play a team that doesn't suck? I'm so sick of them playing garbage teams and almost losing sixteen to twenty four to a rudderless Miami Dolphins. They barely beat the Bears. They barely beat the Saints because of a stupid, like, missed double-doink field goal. I'm so sick of that stupid team barely scraping by against garbage. Can we? Can they play a competent team ever so that we can, you know, watch them lose for once? Because they're, oh man, they're going to be so unbearable now that they know the Packers are just completely lost and the Bears and the line. Like, all three teams are so bad right now. They know they got the division, and they're going to the playoffs. And I, ah, oh. And there's no competition. Tampa Bay lost to Pittsburgh. San Francisco lost to Atlanta. Again, the, it's the only positive is, man, everybody sucks. Washington sucks. San Francisco, I thought San Francisco was real good. They lost to Atlanta. Minnesota's, I mean, the most subpar team but they're probably like a top three team right now as bad as they are saints lost tampa bay lost the rams handled carolina carolina i think what what did carolina have didn't they miss their quarterback or something i don't know i don't know man everybody sucks so i I, we're kind of just in the shuffle of of despair and and i tell you what the offense is non-existent the scores this week, 12 to 7, 14 28, yeah, 38 15, which is 1, 27 10, 27 34, 24 16, uh, 20 24, 18 20, 10 to 24, 9 to 19, and 24 to 20. Kansas City Chiefs, 24 to 20. Buffalo and Kansas City, that's how that game ended, 24 20. That's crazy to me. Anyways, I'm. Uh, I'm not trying to make it like a, a positive that everybody else sucks necessarily, but it's it's at least something. Shake it up. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for words. Yeah. The things I want to say, I I don't because I know children listen to this podcast. So, uh, hey, still love the team, just uh, hate how they're playing. So, uh, yeah. We're going to maybe in competition for a top five pick next year after in the NFL draft. That's how it's looking. So, uh, hey, you guys have a great one in the go pack go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll, I mean, again, the, the talent will show up in spurts and we'll win too many games and it'll be a freaking disaster. And we'll end up picking like we did with Rashawn, like 12th or something stupid. You know, not high enough for a quarterback. Tell you what, I, I am uh, officially interested in the draft. I, I want to do it right now, but we got so many calls. We'll do a couple more. Uh, we got a couple from Jersey Mike. Let's see what Jersey Mike's got to say. Uh, hey, Pat Daddy, it's uh, Jersey Mike again. What up? I guess you could call me. Um, I, I do. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like a record on, on repeat here, you know, scratching along because, I don't know, last week, right, we talked about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon only combining for 19 carries and, you know, that being part of the problem of the game. And, and look, today, again, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, 19 freaking carries. Oh, I don't know. But, but it gets even worse. Bryce Newman doesn't know how to play right guard. It oh, is geez. impossible for him to block anybody. He's so bad. I, I don't know what's going on with He's that experiment. Worst. Get Elton Jenkins, move him back inside, yeah. get uh, Josh Neisman at right tackle. Yeah. I, I feel like that at least would be better if they can get some kind of hands on somebody. It, it, that, that seems obvious to me. I mean, the fact that you pull the guy mid-game because he's so bad and then you put him back in because Hanson was worse or something, I, I, I don't know... I, I, I'm positive a change is going to be made because, you know, obviously they didn't know what to do mid-game, but they're so slow to figure this stuff out. And I, I always give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, well, you know, we react too heavily. Let them figure it out, whatever. And I understand this, that, or the other. But look, hey, we saved ourselves a bunch of money because Elton Jenkins ain't a tackle anymore. He's going to get guard money, which is a fraction of tackle money. But he had his audition. He sucks at it. He can be a guard. And if he thinks he's going to go get paid tackle money somewhere else based on what he's done here, best of luck on that one. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to... I don't know. Right. But let's, let's actually talk about the meat and freaking potatoes about the problem. Everybody is going to go and say, hey, look, the defense, you know, they gave up in the, in the second half and blah, 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 blah. You know what? I'm sick and tired of asking anything of the defense right. when freaking Aaron Rodgers, exactly. I mean Aaron freaking Rodgers, the number one goddamn problem on this team, can't see an open guy and just get the freaking ball to them. He can't do it. It's impossible. You know, we see at the end of the game, Jordan Love, I, I mean, I, I give him credit because he zips the ball in there and he's trying to get it to Lazard and Dubs and they just can't hold on to the ball. You know, maybe we got a Brett Favre situation going on there, maybe cool down the passes a little bit. But Aaron Rodgers is just not getting it done. I'm sick and tired of playing this game. Yep. He calls out a run. He, he's constantly making bad passes. He's sending the ball deep all the freaking time. Yep. It's like he's just hoping that there's a pass interference. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I, I, I can't believe it's got to be on Matt LaFleur. I, I mean, part of it has got to be Matt LaFleur. But right. it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He's the problem. He will not throw to open guys. He stares down guys. He, he waits until, you know, he's almost sacked to release the ball all the way deep into double freaking coverage or where there's a guy right on top of the, uh, uh, his receiver. You know, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm looking at receivers constantly open all over the field. Ugh. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, if you have a different take, you let no, me know. No, I don't. All right, bye. I don't. Again, this, this, is, this, is, this is the problem because Rodgers is a great quarterback aside from these situations. And again, this is going to be the situation all year. So as weird as it sounds, Rodgers right now on this team in this situation is a terrible quarterback. We don't have a good quarterback. We don't have a, an MVP quarterback. And you can get lesser quarterbacks to do more than Aaron Rodgers right now because for some reason in these specific situations, he gets in such a funk and makes such stupid situation d- decisions. There's nothing more frustrating than watching him launch a ball deep down the field over and over and over to blanketed, blanketed wide receivers, hoping to get that one like we did to Lazard. And again, this is this is Rogers trusting himself and his buddies way too much. I will throw the perfect ball and he will catch it. But there's nothing more frustrating than that than assuming, well, I guess nobody was open, so he decided to take a shot. And they show the replay and you watch somebody come streaking across the field like Randall Cobb and nobody's there. On like third and six, 
And it's just, you know for a fact that Randall Cobb would catch that and get a first down out of it. You know, and and, and the few times you watch them kind of move their way down the field and, you know, eventually stop with the down the field throws, throw the quick pass when, when we were, um, what was that? It must have been halftime. We're trying to move the ball and get some points. And it was beautiful. We, we were, I mean, granted, they were playing kind of off, but we were just doing simple passes, real quick pass, pick up five, six yards, get out of bounds. We can do that all day. They choose not to. And, and again, it's, you know, part of it is the offensive line. Part of it is, is all the different factors and facets. But his, his, and he's done this forever. He did this in 2015. He just, he couldn't hit a deep ball to save his life in 2015, but it, it was the same thing. When things go south, he says, you know, we have to be able to challenge him deep or else we're stuck. Then be stuck. And, th- and then to add to the frustration, the few times that you do get guys open down the field like Dobbs, he misses them. So you can throw a pinpoint pass to Alan Lazard that one time, but you can't hit an open man to save your life. And again, Greg Olson makes me absolutely insane talking about the great coverage down the field, and you see Romeo Dobbs beating the guy, he's open, and he, the only reason he looked like he was covered is because he had to slow down because the ball was 10 yards underthrown. And then you hear him, then you hear the freaking jerk-off say, yeah, it was a little underthrown, but that was great coverage. A little underthrown? I'm, oh, oh, I hate when you give credit to the other team because Rodgers sucks. Don't do that. Romeo Dobbs beat him. I'm sorry. He beat him. He was open. The DB lost. It was underthrown. The only reason he was covered and in his hip pocket is because Dobbs had to run through him to try to get back to the ball, even though he was nowhere near the ball. And again, this is a fraction of the issues. This is just one piece. Rodgers in desperation mode is one of the most ugly and stressful things ever. Unless you watched our offensive line. I, again, I, I, I'm shocked how excited I am to rewatch this, but I really am because I really need to see. I, I, I just, I'm, maybe it's wrong of me to be like spiteful like this. I want to go through and just find everybody that made a mistake and call it out every single time. I just want to see it and look at it and say, why, do you, why are you stupid? And to be honest, I wish the coaches were a little bit more like that. I, I, I was honestly angry when they showed the sideline. Everyone's all excited about it. Like, oh, he's rallying the troops and he's giving them a pep talk. No, that, that you're doing it wrong. And I can tell because I'm watching you. And I don't see foam coming out of your mouth and every other word being an expletive. So you're doing it wrong. Because I'm sitting there watching that pile of offen- offensive players standing around in a circle listening to you, and I want to scream at them. If you don't start that conversation with you effing pieces of garbage, I don't know what your problem is, but you need to get your head out of your you-know-what, and you better do it fast. Because on that last offensive series, I handed off the play sheet to our offensive coordinator, Steno, so that I could get on the phone and call Gutekunst and ask if I have permission to replace pieces of garbage on this team. And if you want to stay on this team, you better pick it up. Because I'm going to make changes. Because you suck. That's the talk. Not, come on, guys. You can do it. I believe in you. You can do anything you put your mind to. Put it all behind you. Let's start fresh. I believe in you. Forget that. You don't want to play. You don't want to be here. You don't want to try anymore. Fine. Screw you. Hand Rogers the play sheet and say, you do it. You figure it out. I'm tired of calling plays and getting guys open and nobody wants to do anything. I'm tired of calling all the right plays and then let you guys not block and pick up a simple stunt. 
tired of getting receivers open for you to just not throw it to them, not to go through the progressions. I'm tired of putting in all this work, staying up all night. While you guys go out, guess what I'm doing? I'm not with my family. I'm in my office trying to figure out how to put you guys in a position to succeed. I don't see my family. We put in all this work. We do all this so that you can come here and do this. I'm done. You don't care? Fine. You guys figure out what you want to do. You set up the schedule this week. You want to hang out? You don't want to do any... We won't do any practice. You let me know what you want to do. I'm going to go hang out with my family. You guys can stay up all night and put a game plan together because I'm not doing it. I'm not putting in work so you guys can show up and put that on the field. No chance. After practice, I'm going home. And the rest of the coaching staff, we're going home. You figure it out. You guys freaking know everything. Should have run it on third down, right, Aaron Jones? Should be playing more press coverage, right, Jair? Fine. You figure out the plan. You figure out what you want to do. I'm done. Because I'm not putting in all this work so that you can come up here and just not do anything. At some point, he's got to put the hammer down. Probably don't say exactly what I said. That was mostly me venting at the end there. But seriously, I can't, I can't even begin to imagine putting in the hours that these coaches put in, and then you watch these players can't execute a handoff, can't pick up a simple stunt, don't know your assignments and coverage, or along the offensive line, don't know your progressions, don't know how to run routes, the depth, the, the anything. We put in all this work, and you put in nothing. And this is the result. And I'm supposed to keep putting in the work for what? Because at the end of the day, Matt LaFleur is the one that's going to get fired. Because they don't want to put in the effort. That's what's going to happen. And it is going to be the right decision, as, as unfair as that is. Because it's, it's Matt LaFleur's job to figure out how to make them care. And right now, they don't. This team does not care. I, I, I'm stunned. I, I, don't, I can't remember the last time the Packers came out the first play and looked that flat. First play, maybe if you're talking playoffs against, you know, the number one defense 49ers or Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something to that effect, but the Jets at home, regular season, just regular old regular season game, and that's how you start this game. I mean, just from the first snap, you watched it and said, wow, that looks like a team that doesn't care. Anyways... I got to go. My wife's literally texting me, telling me to calm down because, you know, I'm scaring my family, apparently. <laughs> it's never happened before. She said, please calm down. Don't be angry. So I got I to gotta cool it. Take it easy. But we got a bunch of calls left. I appreciate all the calls. Um, 608-501-0718. Please keep them coming in so we can keep doing the show. Um, try to have a good night and uh, talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.